Welcome to the Home Ice Edge Vantage Podcast. My name's Colin. This show is your home for all things Carolina Hurricanes and, you know, other random things that pop into our minds. Thank you for listening. Make sure you follow and share with your friends. As always, we appreciate it. Let's talk hockey. So, Zach Adams, briefly. Um, I don't know what the Vegas odds are. They might give it to Quinville. But it's going to be, to me, it's a two-team race between Rod, who should win it, for sure. The idea of Quinville um, getting it would would pretty much say that, oh, yeah, so Rod should have gotten it three years ago then. Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I I think, um, like, it should be Rod's to win. uh, But, you know, who knows? I I think the Jack Adams Award is so random because it should probably – go to, like, Barry Trotz or Cooper. or yeah, You know what I mean? Like, not to yeah. – like, Rod's a really good coach. Rod is a, definitely a top-five coach, but, um, you know, is he the best coach? It, it's basically, like, which Cinderella story do we like? So we'll see which people voted for. I think, I think the broadcasters vote for that, too. Broadcasters do. So it'll be interesting because Rod is such a respected – players. You know what I mean? It'll be interesting to see who gets what. I wonder if Forslund gets a vote this year since he was technically under contract as a broadcaster, but he didn't actually walk as one. Yeah, he did. He did it on the national broadcast. I get a vote. I don't think national broadcasters get a vote. I think you have to be a team broadcaster. You definitely get a vote. Okay. And, um, then, and then there's Jell in his signing. I don't know if so, that's how pronounced it looks like Martin Jelinus. That's why. You mean Eric Jelinus? I'm saying that their last names look the same. I have no idea how it's pronounced. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm, I was going to go with uh, Jelinus as well. I mean, he's just he's just depth, right? I mean... Yeah. I mean, he has to be. Um, he was drafted by the uh, Devils and like 2012 or something like that, maybe 2010, and never really had great numbers, so I'm assuming this is like all of the depth move. Yeah. Not everything needs to be a steal or some kind of relevatory signing, you know. Yeah. So so no, nothing really to report there. It, it is interesting to see it, and I don't think there's any coincidence or anything like that. Or at, let me rephrase that. It's a huge coincidence that, like, you sign this big right-handed shot defenseman and then uh, the Dougie stuff, right? I, that kind of tickled me this morning when I saw it all break. But we let's get into the exit interviews. Cause I actually thought this batch was pretty good. Yeah. Um, so you said you wanted to say it's seven for last, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So we'll go to Mornick then, Mornick first. Um, I think his his – his argument for why he should stay in Carolina was a very fair argument. I would say he was part of the culture shift. And, I mean, there's a reason he has the A on his chest. But also, mm-hmm. and this is, like, I love Marnuk. Marnuk is not going to be worth $2 million a year uh, with a flat salary cap. It just isn't, unfortunately. Well, that's kind of where we're at on some of these deals. And... um what, Martin Oak and McGinn are really in the same spot 
where um, you cannot overpay your bottom six. And if you – McGinn actually grades pretty well as a fourth liner, and Martinuk is about as league average as a fourth liner gets, is my understanding. But what do you do – like, what is the value for the off-ice off off ice stuff? You know what I mean? I wonder if there isn't a middle ground where you can give these guys one and a half over five years, which sounds crazy, but if you know you, you can, if you need to bury those guys, you can. You know what I mean? If you need to cut them, you can. And it's not going to kill you. So I think I think Marnock just has to. I mean, from the interview, it, it clearly looked as if he wants to stay in Carolina, which I like. Okay, you're gonna have to take a team deal. You have to take a team deal. I think he is an example of a guy. Let's actually look at like the Dougie stuff briefly. Not I don't want to touch on. I just want to touch on the rumors and then Martinuk, right? So if you're Dougie Hamilton, you think you're worth eight to eight and a half in theory, right? This is all rumors and what have yeah. you. The team wants to pay you six, right? So that that's two million dollars, which sounds like a lot, but you're still getting six point five million dollars. So six and a half is what percentage of eight and a half? Like sixty five, seventy, seventy five, somewhere in there. Now let's look at Martin. You you know, two. I've seen two floated, right? Well, two is his court contract. You are a two mil player. And the Canes are like, well, how does this one sound? And that is literally cutting your salary in half. So while it feels like Dougie would be taking, and in terms of just a raw number, Dougie is taking less, but you actually always ask more of these guys when you play that numbers game than you do of your of your big guys. So I think that's an important thing. I, I do not envy. I, I think there's this like, and this kind of courses through every fandom in sports. But like, oh, they're millionaires. Why wouldn't they want to stay? Like, how many? Like, how many years does Martin really have left? You know. Go ahead, Chip. Hey, Jordan. When. Uh... Everything's said and done here with the contract status. Do, is, do you believe you'll be back with the Hurricanes next year from what you're hearing from management, or you think you're going to test the market? I mean, where does everything stand in your mind? Obviously, it's fresh and um, just having meetings today. So, um, listen, I have I came here three years ago, and I felt like I was part of the, I guess, the culture change or a little bit. I can put a little feather in my cap and that and feel like there's a group of us that have kind of been here for three years that have been the driving force of trying to turn this thing around and I feel like we we have and we're I, I think Willie always used the term the term relevant and I think we're definitely there um, obviously I I want to see it through I think we're right there it's we're so close and if uh, if I were to go somewhere else it would it'd be It'd be tough to see if if some if they were to win here because I feel like I was a big part of it. So um, uh, at the end of the day, it's 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 obviously a business, and I want to stay here. So, but I I have a family. I just had a baby girl, so I I got to look out for for myself and my family. But at the end of the day, I I want to be a hurricane, and hopefully we can make that happen. Now, if to me, if I'm the Canes for guys like. 
Martinuk, like McGinn, I point to the number of, of former players who have ended up with roles in the organization and then went elsewhere are still here. There are different ways that teams can take care of you when you're done playing, but that is not an easy decision. I've left jobs that I but like to make. We're also not the only team that does that. Like, Gretzky still had a desk in uh, Edmonton, apparently, up until he resigned to do TSN. I'm just saying, it's hard for those guys. It is hard for those guys. I I mean, like, I would love to have him back, ultimately. Um, I'm also, I guess, congratulations on being a new father of, like, several days at this point, but I didn't realize how pregnant she was. Another thing, too, I want to give a a shout-out because you really didn't get that many questions. Uh, I've actually, so something that I've been doing, and I'm going to try to do this more, is when we like reference quotes and questions, I'm going to try, but I wrote down who asked whatever question I thought was interesting. Um, yeah. So Sivian actually asked him with his relationship with the fans, which was, you know, in a lot of ways, a fucking layup for all parties involved, because I'm sure he wanted to get off his chest that he loved it here. And then for the media, you know, he gets a little misty-eyed, and it's a win for them. But And I don't mean that cynically. Like, that's awesome. Like, that guy is a fucking stallion, right? Like, give him his moment in the sun. So good on her for that. I, th- I thought that the Chip Alexander asked him about, you know, re-signing and, and the rebuilds and fixing all, you know, relevant, right? So really good questions from both of them. But, yeah, Martin Oak, I think we'll find a time next week or the week after to go over kind of the forwards and just free agency and what that may look like. Um, but that that one's a tough one. Yeah. So what do you want to do next? Uh, Sebastian Ajo. So the, the interesting part about Ajo to me is there was, there was a lot of talk about how he's really grown into his leadership role, blah, 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 this season. But I don't necessarily think it was like just a this season thing. Like everyone, I, I don't know. People, you've really grown into your own this season. I feel like he's been doing this since, I guess, the offer sheet. <laughs> uh, to be fair, it wasn't that long ago, but still, like he came, he he got resigned, and then he's been a leader ever since. Just because he didn't have a letter on his chest, didn't mean he wasn't a leader. Yeah, I don't know if that's where they were going with this year either. Just to me, and I, I think this might, it was either. It's either Sivian or you know what I, I realized as well. There's two different Spectrum Sports guys. Oh, well then I might as well give him credit to Ryan Guy. So the, there's like an old white guy who I remember, and then there's like a younger black guy who's JB. I don't know what that stands for, but he actually asked about like, hey, you're the team MVP. How is playing better? And, and there was a basically his question was framed about around like trust. Like he's obviously a, a special hockey talent, and where does like the trust and dragging your teammates to and dragging isn't the way to put it for sure but like hey you played an extremely high skill high iq game how are you like bringing the team along and he didn't but that, which i think is a good question because if you if you want to question but that to me is the aho like leadership is that he's stupid fucking skilled to me the aho leadership is that fetch isn't happy with the season because that dude showed up and fucking worked right like and they were getting around that to me. That's that's what they were trying to get out of him, which I think is true. And then the other thing I thought was really good, and this is like, this is what I think makes these interviews, it's questions like, the, it was a Chip Alexander question, 
about like oh Svech didn't think he uh like had a good season. What do you think? And there a lot of players had answered that and they kinda like, Oh well yeah, you know, he's just hard on himself, he's a kid. And Aho I thought had like the most honest answer where he was like, Yeah, I mean, he didn't meet his bar. Like, you know, what do you and I think? What do you uh, these normal people, like what do you think? But that guy, much like Aho, is supremely talented and will put his head through the wall to win. And for him it wasn't that, that doesn't mean like the the traits fetch people are fucking gyms, bro. <laughs> I love some traits that like just like Looney Tunes, right? But yeah, he missed the bar. And I, it, again, when you talk about the Aho leadership, when you are voted team MVP and you are fucking ruthless, you can talk about like, yeah, we need more from him, and he'll do it because he's really good. So I, that was the out of all of these. There's like a 1A, 1B, like, interview moment for me. This was the 1B where he was like, yeah, that's not his – like, he'll be better because he can be better. I, I, that was that was a classic leadership move. I love that. Let's go to the actual leader of the team then, uh, Mr. Jordan Stahl. We have Mr. Sexy Jordan Stahl! There's a lot of interesting stuff out of him. We got – there are actually a lot of softballs thrown his way. There was um, there's a question about Rod that they obviously love him, so it's fun to hear just because he's a legend. It's fun to hear that yeah he's still you know the fucking man. Um, the Go Hab stuff was kind of funny, especially because they hate. They really like the Go Hab stuff, yeah. Um, but there was an interesting somebody Ryan asked him about the travel and. Put Jordan Stahl as a pro uh, series guy, as a pro two gamer, and he kind of acknowledged in the post game that it's harder to do when you uh, what do you play a division four times, five times, something yeah. like that. Um, it's harder to I do mean, when you do that. But he was like, I "Yeah, the travel is way better." Yeah, I think he made a fair point. I'm just like, well, you know, it's not going to happen a lot, but they could definitely shove a couple in there, which, yeah, they definitely could. And then. Um, uh, to me, it makes it more of a rivalry, you know, because you can, like, spend the weekend, like, yelling about the Caps and stuff. And then yeah. he had a line about um, Svetch where he was on the softer side, where, like, yeah, the kid will be really good. He's supremely talented and he wants it. But Jorts was pretty, like, pretty softball you know. Like, he didn't really get any – he just had a great year. It sucks they didn't win it. But you have a year like he did, you know, there's not really a lot of – you're secure for as long as he is. You wear the C, there wasn't really a lot of ass of him. I really think he might have borne a Jordan season, but that's not for this pod. I mean, yeah, I don't feel like any of his questions – what well, his questions nor his answers were in, like, news-making. Yeah, that's not interesting. But either his was yeah. just kind of like – Yeah, it, it was just like, hey, I have to do this. I appreciate you guys asking me the questions. You have a great day. Um, he, yeah, he wasn't out here giving us insight on what's happening in the locker room or his abilities on off the ice, whatever. He, it, he answered his questions and got the heck out of there. The last the Slavin. I've, I've seen a couple articles based off the Slavin interview, and one thing that I have not mentioned, Slavin sat down, and then no one said anything for like 30 seconds. And you could see the excitement in Slavin's face when he thought that I can just leave now, I can just leave, I actually have to take questions. Shit. 
I don't know where he got like that, he, like, orangish yellow polo, though. It was legendary. Great shirt. All-time shirt. You need, you need, you need, say, you need to leave Slater alone. He was, no, he was on his way back from the lake when they were like, hey, let's come do this interview. So, the Dougie comment. We should actually have it pulled up, but we don't. Um, I mean, I, I, the I only thing the, pod. the only thing that I've ever seen Slavin go hard in the paint on ever in anything is his Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But Jesus Christ, if he didn't come in there, and they were like, "Tell us about Dougie," and he's like, "Well, what do you want to know?" He's a shining beacon of humanity. He went hard in the paint for Dougie. I mean, like, I don't know, what, what are you expecting from his line mate? Like, I just, I expected him to be, like, kind of classic, stoic slave, and, you know, he's a great line mate, hopefully it works out, he's a big piece here. But instead, um, I mean, he went really hard, which I think is, to me that means that Slavin really thinks they need Dougie, which is interesting, because I consider him to be pretty smart. Jacob, I think a lot of people are guessing uh, what's going to happen with Dougie Hamilton. Uh, you played with him the last couple of years. How valuable has he been to this team? He's been he's been a huge huge part of this team, a huge part of our success. And um, I want him back. Uh, I enjoy playing with him, and I think we work well together. And so, um, well, I mean, this is the this is the tough part about hockey and just the the business sides of things. I mean, you, you get guys in the locker room that you like, that you like playing with, and then um, sometimes it works for them to come back, and sometimes it doesn't. And so hopefully, hopefully it can be worked out because um, yeah, he, he makes our team better. And so uh, yeah, I want him back. And then that leads us to the the happenings of today. Here, would you like to to tell the people, which I'm sure they already know, but you can tell them. What happened here today via Elliot Friedman? Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. You really don't? No. Oh, that's incredible. That's why you didn't understand why we wanted to end here with Dougie. Elliot oh, wait, yeah, I do. Us. I do. Hamilton was allowed to talk to other teams. The team gave him permission today to talk to other teams. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's as big of a deal as people make it out to be. I actually think it is a big deal, but in a like slight positive for the Canes. So they both okay. are pretty entrenched in what they think the other's worth. You know what I mean? And this, to me, this means it's still in a pretty healthy place. Where it's like, yeah, look, we think you're worth this. We don't think you're going to get much better, than, which is what the Canes are you, saying. We have the exact same thought press on this. It's literally, yeah. so that they're disagreeing, and they obviously are stuck, entrenched, exactly. Yeah. So he's just going to go talk to other teams, and other teams are offering around what the Canes are offering, and then he knows that's what his market value is, and he's not going to get eight. Then if he goes out and someone does give him eight, well, then he can come back and be like, hey, so uh, what are we going to do here? Like, it's, it's literally just then trying to work out. There seems to be a legitimate, like, he's going to get eight. I've seen that. But I think, so he, he, he's going to get closer to that than I think we originally thought. I think that dude wants eight years eight-year term as well. Oh, or seven well, years right now that. we're the only team who can give him that. So, Well, that's where the sign-and-trade comes from, right? So I don't think we want to give him the eight years, and I don't... Also, the, so, but, this, is, but, this is like a, a used technique for teams, too. Like the Lightning did it a couple of years ago. It might have been with... I think it was with Hedman, maybe? Might have been Stan... It doesn't matter. It was one of them. 
they they let them test the market before free agency officially started, and that's how they got their contract done. Because that way they knew what market value was. I think it might have been stamped house. But but to me, this is like, so if you're the Canes, and apparently you really believe that, that I've seen a lot of like Dougie to Toronto too. I don't, most players don't want to play in Canada for no other reason than the taxes. I would also and, say Dougie, with the history he has, does not want. Yeah. And the media is what it like is. Yeah. It'll be like interesting. Steve Dangle. It's probably the only part of Toronto media I would be able to stand. Yeah, it'll be, I think, like maybe he could play in Ottawa. or it's. But, and that's what makes, could the Flyers and the Flyers, fan, Flyers and Rangers fans have already, I mean, the photoshopping Dougie in their jerseys is outrageous, boys. I mean. I, I saw one where it was the uh, Step Brothers photo again. But it was Dougie sitting in the chair, and then Rod with his hand on his shoulder, all in Rangers get up. It was like, guys, I don't. That's funny. I don't know what you're drinking. Oh my god. He's definitely not gonna be. What's gonna be brutal is, I think there's a lot of like, oh, well, he'll resign. Like, I I think Rod is more likely to stop coaching, and he needs to sign somewhere else. Like, I think he'll be like, I'm not doing this. Bye. Yeah, I, I legitimately think that's true. I, I like, I'm not saying that it's impossible for him to sign somewhere somewhere else, even though it sounds like it, but I think that's more likely. He's coaching his kids' hockey team here, and then he coaches hockey teams for little kids that don't even belong to his kids. Like he's He is more part of this community than almost anyone else in the organization. Probably. He's been here going on 20 years. Yeah. So that's me. And that, and that, I didn't mean to get off track there, but all I'm saying is that with the Dougie stuff, this all seems relatively healthy to me. Where um, they're clearly like, there's always there's disagreements where they could be really aggressive. Like we've seen arbitration deals go south, and and when those do, when they do, when they go to arbitration, and and, and uh, like those guys get traded immediately if it's more than what they want. Like it, it's so toxic. That happens in baseball all the time. We have to show up in front of your player and talk about how not good they are. It's like it just doesn't work. So to me, this comes from more of a healthy place where like we want to keep you. We don't think you're going to get this deal anywhere else. And and I think you know what too. I think if a team were to give Dougie eight, I think we could get him for seven five seven seventy five. I think we will get a bit of a hometown discount. I just don't think it, it, it'll be interesting to see what he gets. What he gets, right? Because is Dougie Hamilton, especially what's interesting with him, and I've seen this talked about a lot, is that there's this kind of like you know the stats guys, the stats nerds are like, yeah, Dougie Hamilton is the single greatest human being to walk the earth, and then. You know, the old the dinosaurs are like, nah, B. And then a lot of the old guys are like, but Seth Jones, I mean, he's the second coming of Jesus Christ. And the advanced stats do not support that. I read this article by Charlie O'Connor, who is a writer. I think he's a beat writer for Philadelphia. And there's this one super analytics lady. I cannot remember her name, but she's a very dis- – I know when I'm reading her, which is the sign that she's very good, right? Like, I'm going to find her name for next. I'm going to put her on a post but she thinks that he's good and that, that there's something missing. 
that's that's another thing to remember with hockey analytics is that they're still an imperfect tool. Like they're just not that far. A, it's a lot harder to capture because they're moving. It's not baseball. It's not stop and go. And B, they they're they're still being honed. So uh, it, it'll be interesting to see what the Dougie thing is. But like you said, I think that I think this is like a shade of like good news. Like okay, like go get your deal because that's what this is going to hinge on. Like how much money are you going to make? We can get close. You're going to come. So let's do it. And then also on Dougie, like, yeah, he gets the eighth year, but this is his way of, like, we're probably not leaving this empty-handed no matter what. We're either getting Dougie on a, on a deal that is fair market or slightly below, which is awesome, or, you know, you're going to get a fifth and a low prospect or something, which sucks. You'd rather have Dougie Hamilton, all things considered. But, you know, to me it's just a good thing. If you're going to lose him, lose him for something. Yeah, so not a big deal at all. Um, I don't have anything. I do want to go around the league for our predictions, even though Tampa Islanders was yesterday. I don't have anything else team centric. Um, so I guess we'll start in the West with the Knights and um, Montreal. And I've tucked in a lot of grief from this with an old family. I still Montreal is gonna be my new bandwagon team. Um, just because I like an underdog. And, you know, let's go Eric. I'm here for Eric to get his name on the cup again. If there is a window, in game six against Colorado, that was not Flurry's best game. He had, like, one or two, like, pretty good saves. But if he becomes a pumpkin, this is a legitimate issue for them, you know. So that could happen. I think what will happen is I think – I bet you the Canadians win one of game one or game two. But they're going to get mauled. I, I, like, I think it'll be close game one, close game two, a little less close game three, a little less close game four, and then we'll get to a game five or even a game six. I, if I had to guess, it'll go six, where it's like, okay, like, you know, magic can only take you so far. Do you know the last time um, Eric Stahl and Mark andre Foy played against each other in a playoff series? 2009. And four? Yeah. Malkin Hatcher pulled him more down. I think we had a power play that I'll never forget that. We had a power play that went matching. We we were down one or two. We needed it desperately. Pulled Cam. I think we were wasn't center ice, I don't think. We were we might have been the dot outside the penguin side of the ice. We went it slides right on it and our breaker. I think there might have been one since, but for a really long time that was the most that Malkin hat trick was a most recent uh, hat trick in playoff history. So it was a rough year. After the Scott Walker goal, it was a really rough year. I'd like to stop talking about this. <laughs> okay. So, so yeah, um, I like Vegas in six, but I don't think this is going to be like game one, Colorado Vegas for five games. I think it's going to be closer than people think. Okay. And then in uh, the East, we've got Tampa v. Islanders. Islanders are up one. You can attest to this. It's going to be Islanders in six, maybe seven. You can attest to this. I've said for a long time the Islanders are very good. There's some magic behind them. And to me, going into the series, we really held Tampa to nothing except for that one game when I got every power play. 
right? And a lot of those games were flipped on a power play here, a power play there. Well, here's the thing. They don't score as well as we do, but the Islanders have a much better team defense. They've been doing it longer, and I believe they're the least penalized team in the league. So I think you're going to see a lot of these 2-1 games. I, I think Hedman being hurt is the difference. He was hurt before us, which makes it all the more painful you couldn't get through him. But I've realized something about myself like in this moment about being a hockey fan is once we have no I don't know, chance, like we, we were eliminated, I no longer care about hockey for the hockey part, like the numbers. I'm more in it for the stories because I also want the Islanders. I want the Islanders to go all the way, game seven, Coliseum, because I think that would be really cool. But I, I think you do not that. want that because they would be the lower seed unless uh, well, Montreal. Well, I, I, I realize that's not going to happen, but like that, you that could would get be six. the cool storyline. You could get them in six games. Um, you could. I'm just, like, I, I'm just here for the storylines because that would be a great – like I would buy the Islanders like cup-winning season DVD because that would be a good fucking DVD. Yeah. Well, the thing that makes the Isle interesting is – they obviously have – they're more skilled than people give them credit for. But, like, Pajot and Barzell and Palmieri and those guys, what's his name? Brock Nelson has been awesome through the playoffs. Like, they have skill. They Like, they don't generate a ton of danger chances, but they bury the ones they do. And then if they get a lead, good fucking luck. It is tied up. Once they get a lead, it's – it's incredible to watch. And what was interesting about even that Lightning game is they're very well coached, and they're very um, there's a they have a deep tree, if that makes any sense. Like their players are all very smart, and they have a deep, deep playbook. So there are these slight variations that happen all the time. So they'll run the same three plays, and to you and I, it looks basically the same. But when you watch it again, isolated. It's not at all. There's little like little tweaks here and there, and you, they're so fucking good. But you're like, all right, here's the play, and then you, you get burnt. You get totally burnt. So that I feel good about Ion Six, to be honest with you. I almost bet it, but I didn't get up to Virginia. So um, of we have I to feel always do stuff in Virginia. <laughs> I like the Ion Six for sure. Okay, I feel uh, I don't yeah. feel great about Vegas. Like I, I really have no idea. I don't have. It's hard to bet against playoff magic, but I feel very good about the Island Six. Do you have anything else you want to talk about within the league or the team in general? You're going to announce the winner of the the towel tonight. Yeah, but that's not going to be in a podcast form. But hey, you should follow us on Twitter so you can win. Yeah, sweet ass. And then we've got another one too to give away, which we'll start next week. Yeah, but yeah, I think we should do it on a weekly rotating basis. Okay, on that end, have a good night. Thank you for listening to the Home Ice Advantage podcast. As always, we very much appreciate it. Please follow and share with your friends. Send it to your Aunt Betty. Knock on your neighbor's door. Email it to a teacher, your boss, who cares? Just make sure you share it. We appreciate you. We'll see you next time.